Hi, everyone. Happy New Year. I'm recording on the precipice between 2022 and 2023. It's the end of the year. And today I want to talk to you about dragons. I actually recorded the very first episode of Elemental Whispers about dragons. And you may ask yourself, well, did I miss that episode? I need to go back and find it. And before you do, let me assure you, you will not find it because it never saw the light of day. I was deep, deep, deep in the cave of winter. It was around the winter solstice that I hit the record button for the very first time. And what came forward was so deep and so beautiful. It was as if my voice and the voice of Dragon was merged. The reason that I never published that episode is because I realized that what was spoken was for me and for me alone. And so I kept the idea, the dream of sharing with you about dragons in my heart and I let it cook all year until the time came forward when it was ready to emerge. And I think another reason why I haven't so readily spoke about dragons in the past is because I very much want to do this conversation justice. I want to do them justice for they have been some of the most maligned creatures in all of history, even more so than fairy. Fairy has been relegated to the imaginary make-believe. And yes, there was a long period of time where fairy was demonized by the church. But the dragons have not only been demonized, the slaying of the dragon has a very long-lasting effect on the collective subconscious of humanity. So much so that even if on the surface we say to ourselves, dragons are make-believe, they don't exist, deep within there may lie a great fear of dragons. I personally had my own inner battle that I underwent when it came to my beliefs around dragons. I don't want to go too far down these different tributaries before I set the tone and the context. Because I've been working with dragons for so long, I have so many dragon stories. And so I must be very selective because I have so many stories. I cannot tell them all here in this one episode. But I am very clear which story I want to start out with. And I hope this sets the tone. And then from this point, we are going to go back in time. So this story that I'm going to share with you called The Dragons Are Coming took place last year in December of 2021. I wrote this story down as soon as it unfolded in my journal. And what I'm going to read to you is straight out of my journal. The dragons are coming. It had started as a flash of light, a violet pearlescent orb shimmering 
out the corner of my eye. Lowering my Kindle, I turned slowly toward the flicker. Rather than disappear, as these manifestations often do, the orb sparkled and gleamed again. The pace of time slowed to a crawl. My awareness became hyper-attuned to the sounds, both in the physical reality and across the dimensional band of the inner planes. My ears pricked up. A deer or other animal rustled the fallen leaves outside my window. Surely it must have been searching for a night snack in the frost-covered grass. Where the orb had flickered, now in its place, a being came into form. Still blurry, only its edges were visible, but my inner eye discerned masculine energy. Though the being's energy signature was unfamiliar, I was unworried. Good evening to you, he'd begun formally. Slightly annoyed, my reading was being interrupted. I asked, yes, can I help you? Only after the words and thought form left my mind did the degree of my irritation increase slightly when the realization dawned. He's in my house, uninvited, and my bedroom no less. This was most unusual. Not only were the energetic agreements in place throughout New Avalon, imprinted in the etheric field as befit the important etiquette of this place, the important etiquette for between-the-world's relationships and relations and communication practices, but also I could not imagine how he had gotten past any of the regulars without someone sounding the alarm on earth was going on. I turn my vision to the meeting place outside and below. This is a place where I gather with many of the beings here, in particular with the New Avalon High Council. The circle of moss around an old fire pit that sits on the edge of the forest came into my mind's eye. The Lady of the Woods appeared. Her eyes glimmer as stars. She is the holy constellations, anchored within the earth. She says nothing, but her gaze informs me. They have seen fit to let him pass. How irregular! This is becoming curious indeed. Peaking my curiosity long enough to let my irritation level decrease slightly. Then it occurs to me, wait, am I imagining this interaction? If you're really there, please demonstrate your reality, exclusive of mine. The being stares at me before uttering his snappy reply. Am I to perform for you like one of your streaming on-demand gadgets? I feel my lips curl in a smirk. Cheeky, very cheeky. Definitely not my imagination alone. From his energetic presentation, he appears to be a messenger of some sort. Very well, I reply. Why have you come? While he is considering his answer, I do a quick sweep of the land, and it tells me all is in place. No energetic disturbances or distortions. Most is quiet, except for the lady of the woods who is active. Behind her, in the background, milling about, are a few others from the high council. They are waiting. 
Suddenly, I become aware of the dragon mother stirring on the roof. She's been quiet for months. Circumstances are becoming curiouser and curiouser by the minute. It is hard to reach you, you know. Yes, yes, I've heard this all before. They can't reach me during the day due to static interference. My own, for I am undergoing a lot of emotional processing at the moment, as well as the collectives. More and more, they drop in at night, usually annoying me (laughs) because it is just before I fall asleep when the world is quiet as a mouse. A flick and a flourish suggests he waves his hand, dismissing the need for any further explanation or small talk. He is formal, cordial, but the frisson of urgency is undeniably present. What could the bother be about? The dragons are coming. He delivers this with such a chord of finality. A bell strikes somewhere on the inner planes. The dragons? What can he mean? Surely he's mistaken. Or late to the party. I try to clarify. The starry dragons have already come, I say. The ones who are staying remain. The rest have gone. They came last year. Not them. If I thought his tone hinted at finality before, now the air was pervasive. I scramble to comprehend, and my reasoning mind kicks into gear. Well then, Scotland, you mean? The global dragon awakening? Again, in my timeline, this is already completed. Fulfilled, I exclaim. Mission accomplished, as they say. I am trying to impress to him that he is late to the game, that the dragons have already arrived, arisen, call it what you will. Surely he has misjudged his landing, arriving in the wrong timeline. What other explanation could there be? I see a vision of galaxies spiraling and jewel-toned energy patterns. Then an ancient serpentine dragon spirals around a blooming ruby rose, the symbol of the fairy Magdalene. What can this lineage have to do with this message? He intones again, the dragons are coming. He intones a second time, adding, I do not speak of that which has already arisen, I assure you, but that which is rising. But are they coming from out there? And I look to the night sky. Through my window, all is dark, save the evening star, Venus, who shines in her full glory, only days away from descending from view into the underworld to meet with the sun, die a burning death in the sun's arms and be reborn only to rise as the morning star. When he doesn't answer, I ask, or are they from Earth, dragons of the Earth that are coming here to New Avalon? He was not loquacious to start. Now, he observed utter silence. I decide the stones are more forthcoming than he. These conversations with the other world beings always carry a cryptic current, but this one rises to the rank of top four or five, in my humble opinion. My impatience gets the better of me. Well, aren't you going to elaborate? Not now. Now? 
Why bother at all then? The impertinence of this encounter retakes my awareness. How dare he barge into my private home and quarters, deliver his half-baked enigmatic cipher, and then resign himself to be button-lipped, totally unbothered to divulge any further information. Just then, the Lady of the Woods glows, momentarily peeling my attention away from my developing tizzy. I plead my case with her and the other beings. After all, they saw fit to let him pass without warning me. There have been so many storylines over the last year and a half, I say to them. Seemingly none of them have been connected. The Cave of Dragons, the dragon training of a year and a day, the Starry Dragons, the Sacred Dragon Isle, Serpent Mound, and the Way of the Dragon. For the untrained mystic might be quick to interpret this at surface value, seeing it, as it were, dragon theme throughout. I can assure you, however, connecting threads because they have dragons is as silly as seeing a connection between two stories because they both feature humans. I feel the Lady of the Woods, her energy transmission, her guidance, and my soul translates it into words I can understand. Follow the threads where they lead. All does not unfold according to your mind's order, but life does unfold in divine order. The story pieces are not as unconnected as you believe. Then the visitor utters, Tomorrow, bringing me back from my ruminations. Meet me at the circle tomorrow. More will be revealed. Without a further word, I nod my head in agreement. Then he is gone. You probably want to know what happened at the circle tomorrow, <laughs> the day following this interaction with this being. But before I continue with that portion of the story, I want to take you back in time, back to contextualize some of what I mentioned. I mentioned the starry dragons, serpent mound, the year and a day dragon tree, the holy isle of dragons. We won't have time to go into each of these stories, for each one could probably span the breadth of an episode, if not a book. But I want to go back to when I first encountered the energy of dragon. It was in 2012, and at that point, I had been working quite seriously and regularly with the other world of fairy. My daily work and interactions were made up of regular journeys to the inner world, to the inner planes, journeys to sacred sites on the inner planes where I would meet beings, powers of the land, fairy queens, and elven elders who would teach me, help me remember ancient parts of my being, for we are all, each and every one of us, so vast. So I spent many years working with these beings. By 2012, I was at a point where I was being of service in the world, sometimes through teaching and educating humans, 
about the fairy realm, about how they too could work with these beings to enrich their own lives and be of service. But most of my work took place in the shadows, out of the limelight, where most of the eyes of the world would never know the work that the fairy beings and I accomplished together. For how does one explain traversing timelines, healing cracks in the consciousness across incarnations, harmonizing energy grids, tree grids, supporting the healing and integration of different nodal places on the planet, helping awaken the forests, the songs of stones, activating and releasing the sacred wisdom and memory that has been held within the earth, within the deep, dark places, within the crystals, waiting for a time when humanity was ready to merge with this wisdom once again. These are only snippets of some of the amazing adventures and sacred quests that we went on together. But the inner world is vast, as I have come to find out. And I had not even begun to scratch the surface of the known and unknown worlds. And it was one day when I was sitting in meditation, a day like any other, when the head of a dragon appeared within my energy field. It was just a moment in time, but I caught this snapshot of a dragon, its head, and it had a purplish bluish tint to it, but ultimately it was steep in the energy of the dream time. And I referred to that dragon as my dream dragon. That was it, plain and simple. There was no dialogue that I can recall. There was no further understanding of who the dragon was, why it had come. I just accepted it as another being making contact and trusted that I would learn in time what its presence meant or what it sought to communicate to me. Imagine my surprise when later that year, I received a reading by a teacher of mine. The reading was a soul record transmission of my soul's journey from the beginning of time until the present day. And what is pertinent to this story is that at some point she spoke about my spirit guides who she was perceiving. And she named many beings who I was very familiar with. And then she got to one of the last beings and she said, a water dragon. I knew she was referring to the being who I had lovingly called my dream dragon. And this created some sort of further activation where the contacts that had been made over the last year by this dragon to me were now suddenly pouring into the realm of my physical and conscious awareness. Do you know how sometimes when you have inner world experiences, they stay more in the subconscious, almost like a dream that slips away unless you write it down. And then when you reread the dream, it becomes alive again. This was like that. The 
dragon imprint. That's how that dragon would appear as this imprint in my energy field seemed to me like a dream. And I would forget about its presence and that it would appear again. And it appeared very sporadically. But the moment this teacher of mine who was doing this reading spoke the dragon out loud that allowed that dream to come into reality. That's the best way I can explain it. The following year, I began writing a book series called The Forest Speaks. And I recounted how that series came to be in a different episode that I'll link to in the show notes. But one of the story threads that wove itself into that story was the story of dragons. And looking back now, I absolutely must credit all of the wisdom, all of the sacred memory that poured through onto those pages about dragons was due to my energetic interaction with the dream dragon. I can see how our meeting, even though there were never any words exchanged between us, there was a nonverbal, primordial, energetic communication on a soul level that activated this memory, this remembrance in me of the history of dragons on our planet. This early interaction with dragon was so subconscious that it was completely non-threatening. I didn't question it. It was so soft and so gentle. And I do not feel that the dream dragon and I were in the same space fully, energetically. The vastness of that dragon, of dragon in general, was not in my physical space. There's so many different ways that we can connect once we begin forming relationships with beings in spirit. And the communications between us are not all the same. Some communications are very telepathic. And telepathy is almost sometimes the easiest because it doesn't require any energetic shifts within our field or body. Imagine if you exist on a different dimensional frequency or bandwidth than another. If you're going to truly meet soul to soul, one of you has to change your vibrational frequency. You either have to step down your vibrational frequency or you have to expand up. And I'm using higher and lower here, not in a hierarchical way, but in a way to express something in linear terms that's really not linear. When we merge soul to soul with a being, it can take a lot of power and a lot of energy to be able to harmonize, to create that resonance between you so that energy, i.e. information, can flow. And so with this dream dragon, I don't think I would have had the energetic capacity, the emotional maturity to be able to sustain contact with a dragon, knowing what I know now about that capacity requirement. And it requires deep intimacy. If working with fairy invites you to face shadow within self and to integrate it, working with dragon demands it. 
There is no if, ands, or buts about it. You will be called to resolve shadow within self. Because in some ways, dragons have been pitted as shadow in the collective story of humanity. And so we have to face that within ourselves to meet dragon truly at soul level. And at that time, I would not have been able to do it. What I believe occurred was that this dragon was communicating with me from the dream time, that the vastness of this dragon, its soul, its spirit, its energy resided in the dream time. And it was through a forged pathway that had been cleared due to my relationship with fairy. It was able to travel that pathway and project a thought form, which is why I feel I only saw its head. And at the time, the dragons were still sleeping within the dream time. I talk about this in the Forest Speaks series. The dragons had not yet reconnected with the surface world, with Midgard, with the conscious physical world that we walk every day. They had been sleeping for thousands of years. At that time, the dragon connection for me was just a telepathic connection. And the nature of that connection was perfect for where I was at my level of consciousness at that time. So this dragon saga was in some ways the next evolution of my work. The work that I had been doing as I would go to different sacred sites globally, I had been working with the Gaian grid system and the ley lines. Now suddenly dragons were showing up. Some quest that I was called to entailed supporting the liberation and release of dragons. This daunted me. For some reason, I interpreted working with dragon as somehow abandoning my work with fairy. I resisted going fully onto and into the path of dragon. I felt fear of the world I knew slipping away as if it was falling through my fingers. And no matter how much I tried to cling and claw after it, I could see that I was holding on to something that was dissolving and completing and something new was wanting to emerge. To me, it looked as if I was standing on a seismic fault line and the world was being ripped asunder. And on one side was the world of fairy. On the other side was the world of dragon. Or rather, on the other side was the unknown. And standing at the gateway of the unknown were these dragons. And so I resisted it. It was a feeling of always pulling myself back from the edge, doing these sacred missions, but then coming back and being in deep struggle and contemplation around what does it mean? How does it fit in? What does it mean for who I am? And does this suddenly mean that I'm going to work with dragons and not fairy anymore? I realized that at the heart of this resistance was not about 
the fear of abandoning my work with the fairy realm. From my standpoint now, I can see that the resistance that I held onto for all of those years through this phase was deep, ancestral, and collective fear. Was it my fear personally? I don't think so. I think it was part of the collective story of dragon. The story that we believe that dragons are evil, that they must be slayed. I had to go into what I really believe. I had to match that against what I knew to be true based on my own experience, not what I read in a book, not what I heard from somebody else, another teacher or healer or channeler. What did I believe? And then what was that belief based on? And I found that even within myself, even someone who wasn't taught dragons were bad as a child, neither one of my parents had a particular fear of snakes. But why did I feel this resistance in my body, this irrational climbing, clinging to the other side of the cliff, the cliff that was dissolving? But I didn't want to go forward because forward was into the arms of dragons. And the closer I got to dragons and the deeper I got into working with them, supporting their liberation, because quite a number of them have been trapped in different places in the earth. I had to face these belief patterns. It was very uncomfortable. And there were times where I thought that I just would turn back. I would go back to what was safe, what I believed was safe. Let me just go back to working with fairy. Let me go back there. But back there, there was no growth. There was no learning. There was no challenging myself out of my comfort zone. I have the kind of energetic configuration that I seem to walk towards ways to give death to and rebirth myself over and over again, no matter how uncomfortable it is. And so I had to go fully into dragon. To do that, I had to question everything that I believed, everything that my ancestors may or may not have believed, everything that was held still in the collective, that was depicted in our myths and stories, everything from Adam and Eve to Melazine to Sumerian and Babylonian myth. I had to look at serpent within myself. And as I said, I had to look at shadow. What aspects of me were still hidden? What aspects of me was I still holding in shame, not wanting to look at, not wanting to accept about myself? And dragon, dragon invites us into all of this. And I had to be invited into all of this. My journey with Dragon has not been straightforward. It challenged me about what I to be true. It challenged those truths within me and shattered them so that illuminated truth could rise up in their place, truths that were unshakable. And I am so grateful for that journey. Starting for me in 2014, I was called to different places to support their individual liberation at different points on the grid. But in 2019, I was honored to be a part of a global 
dragon awakening. And that was mostly what I referred to when I spoke to the visitor, the story at the beginning of this episode. When I went out to the circle the following day, I was surprised at what unfolded. The coming of dragons that the visitor spoke of began with a rising inside of myself. I felt the kundalini of the earth stir. I felt the kundalini of my own body stir in concert with it. And together, there was a great communion, a serpentine dance of old was performed by myself and by those who were with me that day. I stood upon the the frosted grass and my body sang saying the dragon song I had remembered two years before on the mountain of Shehelion in Scotland during the great dragon awakening. That song sang through my body in a sacred dance that activated something in my cells and activated something in the cells of the earth. So that was the end of the story, or so I thought. What? The visitor said to me that night, the dragons are coming, had many meanings. Those meanings were a spiral fractal that began that night and spiraled through me during the dragon dance. But that's not where that spiral of remembrance ends. The story continues six months later. But just like I did not know that at the time, You too will have to wait for the last facet. I hope that this dragon transmission has given you much to ponder. What are your beliefs about dragons, even if on the surface you seem to feel that it's all good in terms of how you feel about dragons? What if you go a little deeper? The dragons have awakened on Earth, a time that has been foretold by the ancients. And now that this great weaving of the realms is with us, what will we do with these new pathways that are opened? How will we interact and engage with them? Will we allow ourselves to step into these new pathways and allow these energies to flow within us and within our world? Or will we cling to those that have been before? Will we allow those to fall away and trust that in and from those ashes, these new extraordinary pathways of love and enchantment are emerging, not out there, but in here, in our hearts, in our bodies? Will you explore these pathways? Will you let them journey you into the next expression of who you really are? Until next time, I offer you play love and my blessings. Thank you so much for gathering with me in this space. I am clearly on a mission to re-enchant the world through these mythic story weavings and sharing of these expansive and thought-provoking topics. So let me ask you, Have you ever felt the swirling of remembrance in your heart? As if the mystery of life is whispering to you? 
If so, you might relish my book, Initiation, My Fairy Soul Awakening. It's an epic memoir that will take you on a mystical journey of remembrance. From the mountains and jungles of Peru, to the sacred hills and wells of Avalon, to a mysterious island in northernmost Scotland. This book is an odyssey encoded with living myth, magic, and mystery. It's a tale of healing, synthesis, and becoming. But it's not just my story. It's a story that resonates with the human condition, our struggles, our triumphs, and for those of us who feel an inexplicable but very palpable connection to fairy. I invite you to immerse yourself in this transformative adventure to explore the depths of your own soul as you journey alongside me. So, my dear listeners, I encourage you to visit my website at diamirarose.com to find out more about the book or hop over to wherever you purchase your books and get your copy today. Thank you so much for being a part of the Elemental Whispers community. Stay tuned for more enchanting stories and encoded transmissions. Until next time, may your path be filled with blessings and the wisdom of this world.